Welcome back to the Swedish Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how Guru Gobind Singh had his Nagara taken out and played for the very first time, how he named the Nagara the Ranjit Nagara, the victory-causing war drum. We heard how the Guru played the war drum in the mountains, how it resonated rumbled throughout the region, how Pim Chan, the local ruler of Kahlur, how he heard it in his court and how his minister spoke very highly of the Guru, which sparked his desire in his mind to meet with Guru Gobind Singh. So that's how chapter 26 concluded. Now chapter 27 begins mentioning how the great king of that region, Bhim Chand of Kailur, hearing the praise of Guru Gobind Singh, had so much bliss arise in his heart. He then made a plan with his minister that in meeting with the Guru, there would be such great benefit. He said, listen, minister, first you should go there through speaking with them, get a sense of everything over there, give them our regards, tell them you bow down from me, then speak to the Guru in regards to an alliance. Tell them that we aren't like the other Rajas here, the other rulers in this region. We are residing in and out of the city. There are countless tasks that come along the way with ruling. Things that fall upon us, which we will have to remedy with, our forces and our army. And in this alliance between the both of us, there will only be great benefit. No enemy would be able to put great pressure on us. In all ways, we'll be in good standing. Whenever we need help, we'll help each other. If he respects our alliance, our desire, then figure out when would be a respectable time for me to go there. Show him our strength. Talk to him about our abilities, our glory. Tell him how we are the most praised amongst other rulers here. So Bhim Chan said things like this. The arrogant ruler of that region, Bhim Chan, he sent his minister along with many other men. Many of them were holding staffs decorated with silver. The ministers set off on a fancy palanquin. The warriors alongside were holding a shield in one hand and weapons in the other. And that's how, on this side of the story, Bhim Chan was sending his ministers. Meanwhile, on the other side, Guru Gobind Singh was just immersed in non-stop hunting. When they stopped, they were beating the drum, the Ranjit Nagara, as they were traveling back to Anandpur. The Biradas, the heroic spirit within the warriors, had just doubled. Day after day, the resources, the majesty of the Guru was just expanding ever more. At this point, it was as if the Guru was akin to a powerful king. Guru Gobind Singh, while striking his weapons, hunting, speaking with his troops all along the way, was leading his force. They were now beginning to see Anandpur. They had with them various types of hawks, small and large hawks, along with very large hunting dogs. The hunting helpers were sprinting ahead of these animals. And the dust that was floating up into the sky covered the sky. It was blocking out the sun. The treasure trove of Grace Guru Gobind Singh had now arrived in Anandpur. Where all the people of the city were hearing now the rumbling of Ranjit Nagara, they came out of the houses to see. They were all pressing forward. Others were opening their windows for a glance. In great eagerness, many people were pressing forward. On their tippy toes, others were just trying to get a line of sight. They were looking for a glance of the Guru. It was evening time now when Guru Gobind Singh entered the city. And dismounting, the Guru was elated. He ate his dinner and he slept very happily. The rest of the troops all went back to their respective residences. When it was seen to be the last phase of the night, so about three hours before sunrise, the drums in the Guru's house began to beat. The Rababis then heard these drums and they arrived and they sung Asadivar in Rag. The Sikh congregation 
wherever they got up, they began reading Gurbani. Wherever in Anandpur, there was the victory cries of devotion. It was as if Vishnu was seated amongst the Devtas. The master of the world, Guru Gobind Singh, he bathed and then sat in meditation in Samadhi. In understanding that it was a time for sunrise, the sun's chariot, Arun Devta, got ready to roll. The bards stood ready at the door of the Guru. They made kabits, poetry, and praise of the Guru. They loudly began reciting them. Meanwhile, the Nakibs, the heralds, they began singing of the Guru's lineage. They were there. They would sing, Maharaj, the great king, is the ruler of all rulers. The Guru is the true avatar, the incarnation of the divine, to whom the three worlds bow. At this time, the gongs were beating as well. The roar, thunder from the Ranjita Nagara was sounding off. In this way, there was such excited uproar in all places of Anandpur, and everybody saw the sun rise. At that point, the true Guru adorned his clothes, his weapons on his body. Becoming ready, he left his residence. He arrived within the court. His Kalgi was swaying while walking, just cheering everybody up. They had placed a velvet sheet over the throne. The Guru sat there gloriously on that auspicious seat. The five warrior brothers, Sangosha, and the rest arrived there along with the other Masans, who all clasped their hands. His uncle, Mama Karpalchand, came too, and he bowed down, along with Surajmal's two grandsons. So if we remember back, Surajmal is Guru Gobind Singh's Tayas, his uncle, so these would be his two nephews. So like this, the entire congregation sat around the Guru. It was like the moon shining amongst the stars. A beautiful wisp was glistening. It was like sun rays coming around the Guru's head. The heralds had staffs decorated with gold and silver. Standing on one side, they were looking at the Guru. Those desiring the darshan of the Guru were coming as the day started. And when the court session began, that's when people would obtain the darshan, the divine sight of the Guru. When the court session then filled up, countless offerings were piled up in front of the Guru and it was around 10 to 11 a.m. this morning when a guard arrived inside. He clasped his hands together and he requested to the Guru. There's a guard at the main gate saying that a minister of Bhimchand has arrived and he desires your audience. He desires to meet with you. This is the news that I have come to give you. The plume wearing Guru heard this and then commanded now go and ask him if he wants anything to eat or drink. Give him a good spot to rest. But call him in the evening, in the last phase of the day. We'll hear what they want and we'll then we'll talk to them. The Guru commanded this and then he got up, going back to his beautiful residence. And eating lunch, the morning had passed. Later the Guru felt inclined to bathe again. So later in that afternoon when there was about three hours left, he called the minister after bathing, after coming to the court, and all the other six then came to the court as well, like Mama Kripalchan, Nandachan, the minister of the Guru's house, the other Masans as well, and the Guru's court ramped into session. They called the minister, they had somebody sent to go call him. He entered the court and he bowed down to the Guru before sitting beside him. This is Pim Chan's minister. He had placed many offerings down in front of the Guru. He clasped his hands together and he saluted the Guru on behalf of Raja Pimchand. The true Guru asked him if he was well. The minister humbly said, O Prabhu, O Divine, we have heard your drum. The Raja Pimchand had a doubt arise in his mind. And I myself, I know you very well, so I told him and explained to him. He heard your praise and he was delighted. 
like a peacock seeing clouds and getting excited and then singing for the rain. In the same way, he spoke very sweetly, desiring your darshan, and he sent me to say this. So on one side, we have the Guru's house, and on the other, our house, the King's house, living side by side, and we will succeed in all our tasks, any tasks, ours or yours, will be successful if we come together, if we have unity from both sides. And understanding the great benefit of this, the Raja has a desire to make a sturdy alliance. When they arrive, greet them with respect. In whatever way, show affection. In whatever way affection can increase between you two, treat him in such a way. Be gracious, O Guru Gobind Singh, and please do that. Hearing this, Mama Karpalachan, then looking at the Guru's expression, responded accordingly and said, Whoever is a premi, a lover of the Guru's house, why would they not be received with great respect here? Like anybody who has a desire in their heart to meet the Guru, they quickly obtain the presence of the exalted true Guru. The Guru is gracious upon all, fulfilling the desires of the kings and the beggars alike. Firstly, Pim Chand is a ruler here, and secondly, he has love arisen for the Guru in his heart. Thirdly, he's, he'll always be our neighbor, desiring to meet us, and he, was, and he has requested to meet us humbly. So in this way, think of the great benefits of this. And think about it, O oh minister. So come here so we can have a good discussion. The plume-wearing guru heard this from his uncle and then just laughed. And he asked the minister, he said, What is the hill ruler interested in? What does he like to do? To what extent does he relish hunting? What type of amazing horse does he enjoy riding? What's his weapon of choice? What does he train with the most? Does he keep a gun? Or does he keep a bow? What area was he in when he heard the war drum? By which he had the desire now to come here and meet me. The minister clasped his hands and requested, he said, Pim Chan, the hill ruler, is a great warrior. All the other rulers here obey his command. He is very wise, he's intelligent, and his command is obeyed. In the realm of politics, he is extraordinary, and he has the largest army with him. Every now and then he mounts up to hunt, and he trains greatly with his weapons. When he went hunting at that time, Bhim Chand was near his own city. But now Guru Gobind Singh gave me permission to leave, and I'll bring him. I'll tell him all about you. It was at that time Guru Gobind Singh requested a sropa of great value. The Guru commanded it to give to the minister, and he bowed down after obtaining the sropa, and then he left. And seeing the Guru, Having such a pristine character, he was in joy as he left. And this is how chapter 27 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear about Bhim Chan's meeting with Guru Gomez Singh. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. I'm going to go to the house. 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 I'm going to go to the house.